We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Friday, November the 5th, 2021. Today's show, basketball is officially back. In today's show, we break down both the Gamecocks men's and women's teams for the 2021 to 2022 basketball season. Guys, we'll look back at last season, the season that was. Also talk who's gone, who's back, the newcomers, the projected starting five, top storylines, why they'll be better, why they'll be worse. And I'll lock in my official predictions for both Frank Martin and Don Staley's squad for the upcoming season. Also, guys, of course, it is Friday, which means we're locking in our predictions. I lock in my predictions for tomorrow's game as the Gamecocks take on the Florida Gators in a night game at Williams-Brice Stadium. Can South Carolina snap their three-game losing streak against Dan Mullen squad? Guys, all that and more. We have got a packed show here on a Friday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention on the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, they're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging of special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Phillies are on the gridiron. Don't look now, folks, but the men and women of the hardwood have returned. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, it is officially November, which means Gamecocks basketball is back. We're talking that. We're talking tomorrow's game against Florida. Of course, folks, I am fired up here on this Friday. Hope you're all doing well. I appreciate you all tuning in. Of course, I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up show, as always. And I hope this show finds you well, no matter where you are, what you're doing, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you got the day off, whatever it might be, ladies and gents, I am fired up and excited to be chatting with you all again, guys. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. I didn't mention this a couple of days ago, but October was another very successful month for us, for the podcast, for the Daily Crow, for the content, for the merch, for everything we are doing. So again, thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot say it enough. Truly do appreciate each and every single one of you that takes time to tune in, to interact with the content, to be engaging with the content, wherever you follow us, however you listen. Again, Thank you all so much. Without your continued love and support, TSUS would not be what it is and what it's becoming. So again, thank you all so much. Again, I hope you're having a fantastic Friday. You're going to have a great weekend as well. And again, I cannot say thanks enough to each and every single one of you guys. A couple of things I want to touch on before we get rolling, because again, this is not your normal Friday show. As I told you guys earlier this week, We moved our basketball season preview show, our big basketball season preview show, because we are not just talking men's, we are talking women's as well. And of course, locking in our prediction for tomorrow night as the Gamecocks take on the Florida Gators. But a huge show today, and I want to knock out a couple of things before we dive into that. First things first, guys, of course, just a reminder, if you are in the city and you are looking for somewhere to tailgate, to get your mind right, for the game tomorrow night at Wiggins Bryce Stadium, we will be at Seawells yet again. Spots 93 to 96. Of course, kickoffs at 7:30. My crew will be out there probably 12, 12:30 or something. We get going early. And you can ask anybody who's been to the tailgate, we get rowdy. So hey, I'd suggest wear your drinking shoes. Gonna be a good time. Again, that's gonna be at Seawells across the street from the Rocket and the Fairgrounds and just down the road from Jayco's Corner. Again, a phenomenal spot. You'll see the TSUS and Big Cock Club flags are flying. So again, come check us out at Seawells. Kickoff at 7.30. We'll be out there around 12.30. I would say at the latest 1 o'clock, but we will be out there tomorrow. Cannot wait to party with a bunch of rowdy Gamecocks out there. Also, really quickly, just want to remind you guys, we are dropping a lot of new merch on the store. Everything from hoodies, pullovers, long sleeves, beanies, all of your favorite designs and everything from Beamer Ball, Shane Storm. Also, all my homies hate Mike Bobo. If you need merch for the Auburn game, we've got the Clem Suck stuff for the Clemson game. So you want to go ahead and make sure you order that so you get it in time for those ball games. That's going to be at tsus.store. That is tsus.store is where you can find all that. Again, guys, truly, thank you all so much to continue love and support. You guys in 2021, and of course, Next month, which it's crazy that this year is about to come to an end. 2021 has absolutely flown by. But next month, what we'll do at the end of December, of course, we'll do a year in review and look back. But I can go ahead and tell you guys, you guys have made merchandise truly a game changer for the business and growing the brand and everything else. So, again, I just continue to say thank you all so much that your continued love and support, man. It means the absolute world. I'm eternally grateful and it's something I'll never take for granted. So again, thank you all so much. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into things. Cause like I said, guys, 
if you followed me for long enough, you understand where my priorities lie and where my passions lie. And so most people know that when it comes to Gamecocks athletics, but not just even that, but sports in general, right? I'm a baseball dude. I played college baseball. I love football. Obviously, who does not love football? I would probably rank basketball as my third favorite sport to cover. Now, when I say that, I don't want to make it sound like I dread covering basketball or anything like that. I mean, again, it's, it's a very tough list to crack. Somebody's got to be third, right? So I think most people understand where I, where I sit in regards to that conversation. However, with that being said, I can tell you this, prepping for this show, putting our notes together, getting ready, all the graphics, everything else, I'm excited. I am fired up for Gamecocks basketball. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to dive into. And we're going to start on the men's side. We're going to start on the men's side. And then the women, yes, we are previewing both men's and women's for this 2021-2022 basketball season. And I want to start with Frank Martin's team because all of the questions and all the turmoil from last season and, you know, this being sort of the redemption tour, if you will, for Frank Martin and his basketball team, so many question marks surround this bunch, and I'm really excited to see just how this thing's play out. First things first, guys, before we look at this year's team and look ahead to this schedule and this season and lock in our predictions, all that good stuff, let's look back. And I know none of you want to do this, but let's look back at the 2020-2021 basketball season. What's crazy about it is this. You know, we thought getting football back was going to be tough, and we thought having a football season was going to be hard. I don't think anyone could have predicted the adversity that Frank Martin and his squad faced in that season a year ago. I mean, COVID stoppages, they couldn't practice, Zoom meetings. I mean, it was a complete mess. And that was reflected on the floor. The Gamecocks went 6-15, and 4-12 and 12 in SEC playing. Guys, I remember specifically, I mean, you, you guys probably recall, you know, we were doing the pregame and the postgame shows and all that. And it was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. But it got to a point at the end of the season, I'd say like the last five or six games or so where, you know, nobody, I mean, nobody was watching Count of Basketball. Nobody was. Everyone was checked out. And people were like, Chris, are you still going to do the pregame, the postgame? I was like, you know what? I started this thing. I'm going to finish it. I'm making a point to not be the guy that quits halfway through the year. So we did it. We did it. But what a rough season of basketball it was. Because I'll tell you this, and I know some will disagree with me, but for me, you know, you can really judge a sport by how much fun is the sport to watch when the product is not good. And, you know, football, I think you can still watch it. It's fun to watch when the product's not good. I know some would say baseball is the worst. Watching bad basketball is excruciating. And so excruciating is probably a pretty nice way to put the 2020 to 2021 basketball season. But however, we're past COVID, or at least we're past the worst parts. We've got it in our rear view. When you look at this team this year, the Gamecocks picked to finish 11th in the conference by the media, which I feel like is pretty standard for Frank Martin's squad. I think that's pretty normal for them. Um, that's generally where the Gamecocks are picked to finish. I know some will say, you know, it's disrespect, it's this, it's that, it's whatever. But, you know, you've kind of earned wherever you're being picked this year. You know, I actually saw Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South, our good friends over there that do a phenomenal job. Uh, he, had, he released his power rankings, and he ranked the Gamecocks at 12th out of 14 teams. So this South Carolina basketball team, yes, it's got some talent, which we're about to talk about, a lot to prove 
in this season, which effectively is Frank Martin's 10th year in Columbia. First things first, guys, let's talk about who's gone from this year's squad and what a long list it is. It's funny. It's like complete opposites from the men's and the women's side. Who's gone from the men's, though? A.J. Lawson, Justin Manaya, Trey Hannibal, Seventh Woods, Jalen McCreary, T.J. Moss, Alonzo Frank, Trey Anderson, and Nathan Nelson. Now, what stands out from that group? That's a lot of guys that played a lot of valuable minutes for South Carolina basketball. So you have got a lot, and I mean a lot, to replace in this season. Who's back for this team? Who's, who's the guys this team's going to be depending on? You look at guys like Jermaine Kusnard, Keyshawn Highlight Real Bryant, Wildens Levesque, Trayvon Manat, Javon Benson, Mike Green, and Ford Cooper Jr. Now, Coos and Bryant are obviously the big ones. I think Levesque down low, not a ton of experience, not a ton of, re- ton of returning scores, if you will. Guys, you've been able to depend on year after year after year, which means you're going to rely on these newcomers, and you have got a ton of them. Again, we talk about the transfer portal in football and how it's just a reality in sports. The Gamecocks hit the transfer portal as hard, I'd have to think, as any team in the entire country in this previous offseason. Uh, I want to first talk about your freshmen you've added. Jacoby Wright, Devin Carter, Taquan Lilly. I think some really solid players. And I think, guys, especially Jacoby Wright and Devin Carter, I think they will play a lot of meaningful basketball for you. But your transfers, I mean, this is really where Frank Martin did his best to beef up the roster. You got Josh Gray from LSU, Chico Carter Jr. from Murray State, James Reese from North Texas, Eric Stevenson from Washington, and A.J. Wilson from George Mason. And I'll tell you guys this, a lot of the prospects of this season, we're going to talk about it more in just a second, but a lot of the prospects of this season are going to depend on those transfers. Because we talked about who's back, and you like Koosh, you like Bryant, you like Levesque. But, I mean, outside of those guys, it's really not proven commodities that you know are going to step up and be SEC caliber players. So you're going to be looking at a bunch of transfers, a bunch of newcomers to help you out. Can they do it? Again, we'll dive more into that in just a second. I want to talk about my projected starting five for this Gamecocks basketball team. This is how I see the five going. I've got Chico Carter Jr. at the one, Jermaine Kuznard at the two, Eric Stevenson at the three, Keyshawn Bryant at the four, and Wildens Levesque at The five, that is my projected starting five. Again, I think a solid five. A lot of it, though, is going to depend on does Jermaine Kusnard bounce back? Can Chico Carter Jr. receive that role at the point? uh, Or, excuse me, embrace that role at the point? Can Eric Stevenson, the transfer from Washington, can he be a guy that steps up and flourishes? Williams Levesque, can he replace a guy like Jalen McCreary and others down low? Lots of question marks. We're looking for answers. Only way we're going to find them is when we dive into this season starting next week. Um, All right, let's move into our top storylines and the thing that everyone wants to talk about and I think what the lead storyline is this season whether you like it or not is Frank Martin's job security how hot is Frank Martin's seat in year 10 you know there were many that were clamoring for him to be gone after last season and the madness that was with the turmoil and the COVID I for one I'm glad that Frank Martin is getting a shot at redemption. However, I told you guys at the last season, hey, whatever the the direction the school wants to go, the administration wants to go, if they want to let Frank Martin walk, I was on record saying I'd have no issue with it because what it felt like is that the Gamecocks basketball program had reached a level of true apathy because you enter into this season, okay, 
you enter into this season. I'm not trying to be pessimistic or Debbie Downer or, or, or shoot the thing dead before it even happens. But what are the expectations of Gamecocks basketball? Because here's what kills me, guys, and why I think basketball ranks for me as my third favorite South kind of sport to cover, at least on the men's side. Here's why. I'll be honest with you, before I did the Spurs Up show, before I did any of this, and I was just a fan and just someone who consumed content and just watched games, it would not inconvenience me in the slightest to miss a South Carolina basketball game. What wouldn't bother me at all. And the reason is this, South Carolina has never truly put a product on the floor that is good enough for the common fan. The I don't want to say the casual fan. We'll just say the common fan, though, to care about. Obviously, the diehards, like many of you who are tuned in right now, you're going to watch and support no matter what. And honestly, I commend you and I thank you. And every school needs that portion of their fan base. But the reason you're not seeing South going to put 18,000 in CLA for each and every single game, we've talked about this, guys. It's not football. Heck, we're even seeing it with football too, though. But it's not football. Baseball and basketball, you have to put a product on the floor or the diamond to get people to show up. And what where I really, I really feel for Frank Martin in a way, because he enters year 10, right? And Frank Martin will talk to you about things that are fact such as the 10-year run they've had since he's taken over, going to the Final Four, their SEC record over the last four or five years, and how they have the the fourth or whatever, the the fourth or fifth or third best SEC record. You know, all all that good stuff. Uh, You know, he, he can mention all of that. Here is the reality, though. First things first, I will inject some stats. South Carolina is 57 and 60 over the last four seasons since the Final Four run. So what have the Gamecocks done? To capitalize on that, here's the other problem, though, with Frank Martin's argument, because he's not wrong about the 10-year run, and it really just goes to show you how porous the history of South Carolina basketball truly is. But here's the problem with Frank Martin. I don't think Gamecock fans have crazy expectations for the basketball program. And I will say this, I do think Gamecock fans love their basketball. I really do. Look at the women's side. Look at what Dawn Staley has done. I mean, they're selling out season tickets for the entire lower bowl for women's basketball. Guys, if you can't understand how remarkable that is and how much of a feat that is, I don't know what to tell you. But where I really feel for Frank Martin is, you know, he's going to sell what he's done at South Carolina with the record and the SEC record and going to the Final Four, and those things are all great. But, guys, here's the reality. College basketball fans care about one thing. They care about one thing, and that's making the NCAA tournament. Like, the entire point of college basketball season is to get to March Madness. And so you can have an SEC record or a non-conference record or this many All-Americans or this many all-conference guys or this many kids graduated, but if you're not making the tournament, nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives a damn. So the question that I have, and I think the question, the top storyline all season long, all season long for this team will be this. What are the expectations and what does Frank Martin have to do 
to return as Gamecocks head coach next year? Because will it be good enough in year 10 to miss the postseason yet again? And what will it say to South Carolina fans if that is to happen and he returns? I mean, and I like Frank Martin. I do like Frank Martin. I think he's a good basketball coach. I don't think the question around Frank Martin is, is he a good basketball coach? The question is, does his style still work in the modern game? That is the question. Because other coaches with his temperament and with his style and the way he coaches, they're not around anymore. Those guys are not coaching anymore. You know, you're seeing more of the Dabo Sweeney's and the Shane Beamers of the world taking over across all of college sport. So what is the temperature of Frank Martin's seat in year 10? And what does he have to do to return as Gamecocks head coach? We actually ran this poll on Twitter. I'm going to see really quickly if I can find it because I forgot to pull it up. I forgot to pull it up here, but the I, I ran a poll regarding Frank Martin and his job security. And here we go. The poll is this. Is Frank Martin on the hot seat entering the 2021-2022 season? Very direct to the point. 929 of you voted. Okay. Nearly 1,000 people voted. 71% say yes. 71%. And those are just fans. And that's only 1,000 people. The fan base is much greater than 1,000 people. But I think there's definitely a feeling around the fan base, around Gamecocks basketball, that it's NCAA tournament or bust. And if it's not the tournament, you better get damn close. You better show a lot of progress in this season that makes fans believe that that's in the near future. Because, again, Carolina fans, we don't have crazy expectations for our basketball program, but – one tournament appearance in 10 years, and I understand the history of Carolina basketball, but you can do one of two things. You can either use that as a crutch forever, or you can raise the expectations just slightly. And again, we're not talking about raising the expectations where, oh, you should be going to you know, the tournament every other year. I think going to the tournament three, maybe four times every decade, I don't think that's crazy. I, I I really, guys, we're talking about making the NCAA tournament that 64 teams go to. It's not like you have to go undefeated. So what does Frank Martin have to do? How far does he have to advance? Is he on the hot seat entering this season? It's going to be really fun to follow that as we navigate through this year because we've seen Gamecock teams under Frank Martin. Bad losses in the, in, in the early non-conference slate. If those start to happen, the chatter will get only louder and louder and louder and louder. All right, let's move on off of that, guys. Another top storyline, new look roster. I mean, obviously a brand new roster. I mentioned the freshmen. I mentioned the transfers. So many guys departed from that team a season ago. And, and, and you know, in, in some instances you say, great, great. You got a fresh crop of dudes. You got new guys. You needed it. On the other hand, you say, man, you lost a lot of really good basketball players. So how can that new look roster, does it spell success for Frank Martin in year 10? Another big storyline for me, speaking of that roster, you look at a guy like Jermaine Kusnard. And Kus, a guy, here's the thing with Kus. When he plays well, South Carolina tends to win. The problem last year was he didn't play well nearly enough. Um, whether it be for COVID, whether it be injury, whether it's just he just had a horrific year. 
Can Kusnard have a bounce-back season for Gamecocks basketball? They're going to need him, too. He's going to have to be a leader for this basketball team. Another guy who's got to be the dude, another big storyline for me, and a player we'll be following all season long, Keyshawn Highlight Real Bryant. I think he needs to raise the level of his game. He, he's got to turn into a dude that is a game in, game out, you know, 20 points per game every single night he's making plays for South Carolina. Because, again, there's just so many newcomers. There's so much turnover. You don't have nearly as pr- many proven commodities as you'd like. Keyshawn Bryant's got to be that dude for this basketball team. Another big storyline for me, again, we're talking about the roster. Which newcomers emerge? Which of the transfers I mentioned? Josh Gray, Chico Carter Jr., James Reese, Stevenson, Wilson, Again, I listed Chico Carter Jr. and Eric Stevenson as starters. Which newcomers emerge? Can they develop and evolve into big-time SEC basketball players? Can they turn into those dudes? You're going to have to. They're going to have to evolve quickly and grow up quickly and adjust to this level. And, guys, my final top storyline for the Gamecocks basketball season, again, as you noticed, the narrative around Frank Martin, that's the lead one. That's the big one. My final one is this. And it kind of comes back to Frank Martin and this team as well, though. Following this team, I'm looking at this year kind of like as a redemption tour for Frank Martin and his basketball team. Um, you would certainly think after last year, this is a group that's going to have a chip on their shoulder and want to prove that last season was a complete fluke. You would certainly think that Frank Martin will be coaching as hard, if not harder, than he ever has before. And again, wants to prove to people that, hey, that was a fluke. I wasn't myself. I was sick. And you know, we obviously all saw Frank Martin and losing his hair and all the madness, the turmoil, the adversity he overcame or had to overcome. How does this team respond in this season? How much does that impact their play on the court this year? You know, looking back at last season, having perspective, being driven by that, going to be a lot of fun to watch and follow in this season. All right, let's talk, guys, why they'll be better and why they'll be worse. Why this men's basketball team will be better and or worse in this season. We'll start on a positive, why they'll be better. And I think for this one, it's a no-brainer. Why this team will be better? Simply put, you know, we are past the worst part to COVID, right? We're past all that. So having a normal preseason and a normal season for Frank Martin's squad and not having to jump through hoops like they did a season ago, and God, they didn't get to practice for like a month and not having to deal with all that, And Frank Martin mentioned it a lot, how it really affected him, his coaching. He wasn't himself and talked about, you know, with with a Frank Martin team, you got to be hands-on with defense. And they weren't able to do any of that. So I think having that normal preseason, having a normal season, him being able to coach the way he always has, I think is going to be very, very, very beneficial for this basketball team. Now, why they will be worse or they could be worse. Um, Tons of newcomers. If the pieces don't gel, you know, you're banking on a lot of guys that have never played a single minute of SEC basketball. You know, you've got brand new pieces. And honestly, guys, you don't really have any surefire NBA talent that I think is going to emerge and and be a one-man wrecking crew and lead this team. So really the question is this, just do you have the pieces? Do you have the pieces to replace everything you lost and do enough to make noise in the SEC? Finally, guys, before we move to the women's side, I want to lock in my prediction for Frank Martin's squad. How will Gamecocks basketball on the men's side fare in this 2021-2022 basketball season? Guys, I have gone out on a limb the last three years, believe it or not, since the Gamecocks went to the Final Four, and I have bought into all the hype and the hoopla surrounding counter basketball. 
this is our best team since the Final Four. We have the best guards. We have the most depth. This is the best shooting team. This, that, whatever. And every year, believe it or not, since the Final Four run, I have picked Count of Basketball to make the NCAA tournament. Simply put, I am not doing that again. I, I am not setting my expectations unrealistically high. You were picked to finish 11th in the SEC. I think that's very fair. I think that's where, most likely where you fall. I've got the Gamecocks at 15 and 16 overall and 6 and 12 in the SEC. And when you take a look at the schedule, guys, I mean, you look at the non-conference, USC Upstate, Princeton, uh, either Western Kentucky or Minnesota in tournament play, UAB, Wofford, Ryder, Coastal, Georgetown, Florida State, Allen, Clemson, Army, and South Carolina State. Now, that to me, again, I talked about Frank Martin, his job security. That's going to be really interesting because death taxes and the Gamecocks losing a mind-blowing non-conference game. That's how it's been since that Final Four run and really since Martin's been here. And you look at some, you look at some games that could really give Carolina trouble. UAB, hell, Wofford, you know, Coastal, Georgetown, FSU, you got the Clemson game. You know, there are games in there that if you're not careful, things could get ugly in a hurry. And then you look at your conference schedule beginning January the 4th. Auburn, Vandy, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, Georgia, Vandy, A&M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, Mississippi State, Bama, Mizzou, Auburn. Okay, and the SEC, this is not the SEC of old. These are really, really good basketball teams. These are good basketball teams. So I, I just – prove it to me. I, I'm in total show-me mode when it comes to Frank Martin. And I think with that record, I'll make this prediction as well, with that record at 15 and 16 overall, 6 and 12 in the SEC, do I think the administration and those in charge want to have another coaching search on their hands? No, I do not. But I'll tell you this. I think the chatter and the noise will increase and increase and increase and increase. It would not shock me to see Frank Martin walk. It would not shock me to see him go somewhere else. It, it really, truly would. Um, I don't think USC Tech really wants to fire him. Uh, they could. They could make the move. But again, I just think at some point, guys, and I like Frank Martin and I appreciate everything he's done and the Final Four was great, but every year that passes, we get farther and farther and farther away from that. And, you know, there just has to be some sort of set standard or expectation for Gamecocks basketball. And we're not talking about a coach going in year three, four, five. We're talking about year 10. Year 10. So I think if you finish at what I predicted, 15 and 16, 6 and 12, I don't think that's good enough to bring Frank Martin back. Whether he walks on his own or the University of South Carolina makes a change, I don't think it'll be good enough. So, again, lock me in. I think just below 500 overall, 15 and 16. I think 6 and 12 in SEC play. I see this team falling. Again, that's the Gamecocks on the men's side on the hardwood for the upcoming season. With that being said, just a total contrast of previews as we talk Don Staley's squad and the women's team heading in this 2021-2022 basketball season. Let's go ahead and dive into the women's side, guys. And first things first, we'll look back how they fared a season ago, 26-5 and overall, 14-2 and in SEC play. Of course, guys, we all remember them, uh, the Gamecocks losing to Stanford in the Final Four. 
Really tough game, a one-point loss. Uh, looking ahead of this year, ranked number one by everybody and picked to win the SEC by the media. Uh, bottom line is this. This is a team that is on a mission, and that mission is to win the national championship. Anybody who is, has half a brain is picking the Gamecocks to not only compete for that, but maybe win it. Maybe win it. All right, let's talk who's gone, who's back. Now, this one's fun. You know why? Everybody's back. <laughs> Everyone's back. I mean, everyone is back for this team. This team only got stronger. That's the crazy part. You talk about players like Lily Grissett and Zaya Cook and, of course, the great Aaliyah Boston that will lead this club. I mean, this roster, guys, is absolutely loaded. Then you look at the newcomers, right? There are some newcomers. Who did the Gamecocks add, you might ask? Oh, no big deal. Just Car Carmilla Cardoso, who's a former All-ACC center from Syracuse, absolute monster. And then the number one recruiting class, led by players like Raven Johnson, Sanaya Rivers, Bree Hall, and Sanaya Gijan. So Dawn Staley, with an embarrassment of riches to work with, with her basketball team. Guys, let's move into the top storylines. I just talked about it for Dawn Staley's squad. You know, you, you hate to put too high of expectations right on someone. You, you do. But when it comes to this team, I actually talked to a, a USC reporter for an interview a couple of days ago, and they asked me, you know, is it as simple as national championship or bust for Dawn Staley's team? And I said, yes, I, I think so. National title or bust for Dawn Staley's team. I, I just, when you have gotten the program to the level that Dawn Staley has, and you're going to Final Fours consistently, you know, when, the, when, the, when COVID knocked out the 2020 season or whatever, the 19 to 20 season, they were ranked number one in the country. I mean, it, it's, it's ring-chasing season for Dawn Staley and her team. National title or bust, are those expectations too high? Again, you hate to say if you get to the Final Four and lose, you had a failed year because that's not how I look at last season. Hey, you get to that level, you get to that point, you know, you got to have the ball bounce your way, just bottom line. But all eyes are set on the national championship, bottom line. That, that, that truly is what this team's playing for. They're on a different level than basically everyone in women's college basketball, and that will be the goal in this 2021-2022 basketball season. Another big storyline for me, guys, Aaliyah Boston and her legacy at the University of South Carolina, I think kind of chasing Asia's legacy. And I, and I don't think anyone will ever, you know, uh, honestly do more than what Asia did at the University of South Carolina. I mean, she's got a statue outside of CLA, for goodness sakes. But Aaliyah Boston looking to make her mark and cement her legacy in Columbia, what she, what can she do this season? Again, one of the best players in all of women's college basketball and just a phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete, phenomenal person as well. Cannot wait to watch Aaliyah Boston and her execute on her game this season. Um, another big storyline for me, just something fun to follow, guys. Again, South Carolina's going to be number one in the season. Can the Gamecocks realistically go wire to wire? Can, can they win them all? I mean, literally. And I know we're about to talk about the schedule, and there's some challenges in there for sure, but can South Carolina go – Number one to number one. I mean, literally throughout the season, be number one, win the whole thing. I think it's possible. I, I just, what are the weaknesses on this team? What deficiencies does Dawn Staley's team have? I, I just simply don't see any. And then my final top storyline, guys, is this, and we're going to talk about in just a second, the early season challenges in the schedule. You know, South kind of scheduled hard. They're going to be battle-tested when they get to March. They're going to be battle-tested when they get to the postseason. And I think that's a great thing. I think Dawn Staley was smart for doing that. But there are some early season challenges for sure. And let's move into that right now, guys, and talk those key matchups. Your season opener is against the fourth-ranked team in the country at their place in Raleigh against NC State Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You then take on teams like Maryland, Duke, Stanford, 
Texas A&M. You've got the big matchup with UConn. So there are going to be a lot of challenges for Dawn Staley's team in this basketball season. Can I absolutely cannot wait to watch because it's going to be phenomenal basketball all year long. All right, let's move into why they'll be better and why they'll be worse for Dawn Staley's squad in this season. First thing, why they'll be better. I look at this team, again, you can talk about all the additions. You add the number one recruiting class. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches that Gamecocks women's basketball has at their disposal. But I think having a veteran team, I think losing the way they did to Stanford and the last second, you know, missing the layup, whatever, losing in the final four, that bitter taste in their mouth, the quality and the trait that championship teams have is they use things like that and it makes them better and it fuels them and it drives them. And I think that will happen in this season as well. I truly see that happening. And I think Don Staley will do a great job coaching, obviously, and this team will do a great job responding. And, and you know, I think with that chip on their shoulder, I think that will push this team even to the next level, if you can believe that exists. So I think why they'll be better, a veteran team with that chip on their shoulder driving them, why they'll be worse or why they could be worse in this season. Guys, I sat here for five minutes scratching my head. They, they won't. They, they won't. <laughs> they, they will not be worse. They, they, this team won't be worse. They, they, there's, there's no way. And I'm not even going to say how they could be because I don't want to have to knock on wood. They won't be worse. They won't. They just won't. Okay? So, they won't. Bottom line. Uh, yeah, I try to come up with something. You know what? When it's obvious, don't fight it. They won't be worse. They won't. They're only going to be better this year. And my prediction. Let me go ahead and lock in my prediction for Dawn Staley's squad. Guys, you know, again, I, I hate to set the expectations so crazy high. And, and, and you know, I hate to do that, right? I, I, I pride myself when it comes to all Gamecocks athletics, keeping the expectations realistic. But this is the best team in all of women's college basketball. Bottom line, period, point blank. South Carolina has taken over as, you know, what UConn was under Geno. That's what South Carolina basketball is under Don Staley. And I think this team will be fueled, will be motivated. Don Staley is the best coach in all of college basketball. Hell, you could argue both men's and women's what she's doing. And uh, I think this team will be on a mission from start to finish. I think they will hoist that trophy at the end of the season. I think the Gamecocks will be your 2022 national champions. I, it, it's been far too long. Obviously, the last one came a couple of years ago. South Carolina is absolutely due to hoist that trophy again, and I think they will. Lock me in, guys. I think the Gamecocks women's team will be your 2022 national champions. So, again, that is our season preview for both men's and women's basketball. Both these teams opening the 2022-2022, or excuse me, 2021-2022 season on Tuesday. Women take on NC State and Raleigh at 5 o'clock, and the men will open up at home at CLA against USC Upstate. Again, both those games, November the, Tuesday, November the 9th, next week. Really looking forward to it. Excited for all the action on the hardwood this season. All right, before we get out of here, guys, of course, we got to talk Gamecocks football. There's a game tomorrow at Williams-Brice Stadium as South Carolina takes on the Florida Gators, and I'm going to lock in my official prediction can South Carolina deliver what would effectively, in my opinion, be a knockout punch to Dan Mullen, ending his tenure in Gainesville, and snap their three-game losing streak? 
over the Florida Gators and also, guys, effectively serve as that hang-your-hat type of game for Shane Beamer. Now, as I told you all early in the week, right, the reason when I lot to my best bet I did not side with the spread is because this is a team that could I see South kind of coming out and, you know, playing their best game of the season and, you know, making this a fourth quarter game and really making Florida sweat and, and, and even possibly winning the football game. Could I see that happening? Yes, I could. Is this a Gamecocks football team that also is extremely capable of being blown out? Yes, it is. Absolutely, 110%. Of course, the big storyline offensively, and that's what everyone wants to talk about, right, is offense. Offense, offense, offense. If the offense doesn't get going, then what difference does it make, right? And I, t- I tend to agree with you. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? Who's getting the start? Is it Zeb Noland? Is it Jason Brown? Is it someone else? I tend to think it will be Jason Brown. And guys, I, I mean, if Zeb Nolan starts tomorrow night, I'm going to jump off a bridge. I mean, literally. Um, and I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be Zeb Nolan. I think it will be Jason Brown. At some point, this offense has got to show some sort of a pulse has to show some sort of a pulse, whether it be in the run game, the pass game, whether you get EJ Jenkins more involved. Hey, guys like Jaheim Bell, Nick Muse, God forbid you throw to the tight end. I mean, whatever it is, if you're Shane Beamer, obviously you're Marcus Satterfield, all the chatter and all the turmoil and all the negativity and all the pessimism and all the upset fans, it comes down to a lackluster offense. Guys, I mentioned this a thousand times. You're four and four right now. But the mood around Gamecock fans is very interesting. But I can tell you this, if you were averaging 40 points per game and you were 4-4, four and four, I think the mood would be totally different. But it's just not a fun product to watch. you got to give people something to get excited for, something to cheer about. Defensively, limiting the quarterback run. That, to me, is like the number one key in this game. Because... I was drawing parallels between this game and the 2014 game that South kind of won in overtime, you might recall, and effectively knocked Will Muschamp out of his job in Gainesville. Now, what's funny about that is somebody mentioned on Twitter, you know, 2014, we were elite offensively with Dylan Thompson, and we were. But do you remember why South kind of won that game? wasn't because the offense had a great day. It was defense, and it was special teams. Defense and special teams. That's why you won that ballgame. Could you have a similar recipe in this one? Now, if you're big on stats and you believe in stats, the stats don't bode well for South Carolina because this is a Gamecocks defensive front that can't stop the run. Just call it for what it is. Has given up 230 or more rushing yards in three of its last five contests. And in games, it's given up 184 rushing yards or more. It's lost every single one of them. Every single one. Why do I bring that up? Well, because Florida averages 243 rushing yards per game. And as we talked yesterday, guys, it all starts for them with the quarterback run game. You get Florida in some third and longs. Hey, Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, Florida will turn the footballer, but you got to get them in that position first. 
and you can't let them run it down your throat all night long. Again, offensively, has you know the, the, the coaching staff? I feel like has said all the right things about self-evaluation and you know we're looking at ourselves or looking at ourselves in the mirror and I, I talked about over the bye week there's a lot of guys that need to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out what the hell is going on right a lot of guys that need to do that are, are there any answers that come offensively it, it, it's just and the reason guys that I told you the under was the easy play because what tells you right now South kind of will be able to do enough to push this total to the over, which is the over under 52 and a half. I, I just simply don't know. And I know many folks are high on a guy like Jason Brown. And I, I like Jason Brown. I, I like Jason. I've met him before. Great dude, great Gamecock. Glad he's a Gamecock. But there are a couple of constants with Salcona this year. To expect that the Gamecocks will be able to run the football, I think is, is wishful thinking. The Gamecocks have run for less than 100 yards in five of their last seven games. It doesn't matter who this team is playing. They can't run the football. They can't do it. Cannot do it. Is it the scheme? Well, Marcus Satterfield don't seem to think so. Is it execution? I think it's a little bit of everybody. Everybody's got to be better. You know, what is the identity? At this point, you know, you feel like you, you are who you are. I talked about that earlier in the week, too. When people want to say, well, this team's regressed. This team's regressed. This team's gotten worse. In some ways, you're, they haven't improved, but maybe this team just has been who it's always been all along. You know, we're talking about a team in week two that needed a last-second field goal to beat East Carolina. I mean, they, they just are who they are. And I've let myself get carried away once in this season. And that was against Tennessee, and I made a bad prediction in that game, as you all recall. Now, with that being said, I think a lot of positive things can come in this football game. I think South, kind of believe it or not, could even win this football game. We talked all the reasons in the preseason, and it's really, honestly, if you just eliminate South Carolina's offensive woes, if you just look at the way the game sets up, I mean, it sets up perfectly, guys. It sets up exactly how we hoped it would in the preseason. Florida is reeling. They're 4-4, four and four, same record as you. They're coming off getting their butts whooped against the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, everything you hoped would happen coming in this one, it's basically happened at this point. South Carolina's had a bye week. They've had time to rest and recover. They've had two weeks to get ready. You got them at home, at night. Every star that could align is trying its hardest to align. But the last star in rotation, the last star in line you need is this, a competent offense. And I just, I just don't know that that one's there. Again, can you run the ball? Probably not. So it's going to come down to quarterback play. You know, somebody asked me again, you heard me on yesterday's show, if South Carolina's to win, Who's going to be the guy we're going to be talking about on Sunday? I said it would be Jason Brown because you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Bottom line. And unfortunately, South Carolina can't run the football enough to run it 50 times and take the pressure off that guy. So the quarterback's got to be even better than normal. And you don't really have the weapons on the outside to consistently throw the ball 40 or 50 times. 
And with that being said, I, I like Jason Brown, guys. I, I do. And, and you know what? Giving someone else an opportunity is great and everything. But I said this when he and EJ Jenkins first signed way back in, was that January, February, whenever they enrolled, whatever, maybe it was March, whenever they enrolled. I said it then, and I'll say it now. St. Francis ain't the SEC. St. Francis ain't the SEC. And while I think Jason Brown maybe can provide some sort of spark, maybe in the locker room, maybe with his mobility, whatever it might be, St. Francis ain't the SEC. And while Florida is struggling, Florida is reeling, Dan Mullen may be coaching for his job. Does he even want to be there anymore? Top to bottom, the Gators have far more athletes than the Gamecocks do. I could see this game being close early. South Carolina, I, I have to believe, guys, I have to believe we will put our best foot forward and give our best effort. In that. I, I have to believe. Because if you don't, if you come out flat and you get boat raced, it, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the chatter around Shane Beamer and him as a football coach, again, it is year one, right? And it hasn't been too awfully loud. There's a few here and there. But, you know, for the most part, I think most fans are like, okay, it's year one, whatever. But if you come out of a bye week and you can't even show any signs of life, that's going to be really tough for even yours truly to stomach. So I do tend to think this team will come out and play good football and maybe play its best game or one of their best. Especially early, I think they'll fight. I think this defense will do everything it can to keep this team in the game. But at the end of the day, guys, offensively, I don't think Jason Brown's the savior. And I'll be honest with you, we're not putting enough on the defense as well, you know, as good as they've been. And I'll say this, as improved from last year as they've been, they can't stop the run. And don't let last week's result lull you to sleep because nobody has scored on Georgia outside of us, which is mind-boggling to say the least. Nobody scored on Georgia. And while Anthony Richardson may not play, I think Emory Jones, his running ability, the weapons they have offensively, is enough to give this kind of defense problems in the long run. I think this team fights. The Gamecocks are who they are, though. And, and, it's, and it's a ragtag bunch, like I said before, guys, a ragtag bunch with a bunch, bunch of first-year coaches. And, you know, while I think early on you'll fight, um, it won't be enough. Florida is just way more talented than you. Top to bottom, they're a better football team than you. I, you know, I have to believe again. Why, you know, I, 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 we all want to see that progression. We all want to see things cleaned up. But there's nothing that tells us that it won't be a comedy of errors from, you know, penalties to turnovers to dumb mistakes to lack of execution. Until we see those things cleaned up and shored up, it's hard for me to bank on that's going to happen. The opportunity's there. The stars are damn near aligned. Night game at Willie B. This is your opportunity right here, or at least a big one. It's a big opportunity. But you got to show me. You got to show me Florida's the better team, top to bottom than the more talented team. I got the Gators getting the win. Give me Gators 34, South Carolina 13. I, I just I, – I think the quarterback run game and the run game as a whole will wear down that South Carolina defense. And I just I – just, 
What tells you offensively we're going to be able to do nearly enough to win a game like this? South Carolina will have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to get a defensive touchdown, especially like when you're banking on all these extraordinary circumstances to work out for you to win a game, that's not a good position to be in, guys. That's not a good position to be in. Again, I thought the line was big, but you opened up as a 19-point underdog for a reason. So, with that being said, I, I think Florida does get the win. Again, give me Gators 34, Carolina 13, and the Gamecocks drop to 4-5 and five on the 2021 season. So, that's my prediction. Lock me in 34-13. to ter- 13. I got UF getting the win. Again, that's going to do it for all for us on a Friday. What a packed Friday show. I told you it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a good one. Be sure to check us out tomorrow at Seawells. Spots 93 to 96. Going to be a really, really good time. Really looking forward to seeing a bunch of rowdy Gamecocks out there. Again, kickoffs at 730. We'll probably be out there, guys, at like 1230. So put your drinking shoes on. Put your party shoes on. Put your beat Florida shoes on. Let's go out tomorrow. Have us one hell of a day. Give them hell. Let the chips fall where they may and just see what happens. Guys, thank you all so much for your continued love and support. Another successful week in the books. Thank you all. Thank you all for the continued support, man. It means the absolute world. Guys, appreciate you all so much, and I'll leave you with this. Go Cox, beat Florida, and we'll talk to you on Monday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.